the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad that you're joining us here today. And as you know, we give you the tools and resources that you need to take control of your career. I am the host of your show, Marie Zimanoff, CEO of Career Thought Leaders. And today you are going to be glad that you joined the show because we are talking to Ezra Singer, who has spent a significant part of his career negotiating compensation packages. And this is a challenging topic right now because people wonder, you know, should I should I negotiate? Will that help me? Could it hurt me when when people are in a downturn? Do they still have salary to share? And so, Ezra, I'm glad that you're here and can help us talk about if it's and how do you know if it's appropriate to negotiate? And then how do you go about doing it well? So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Marie. Good to be here. Yeah, so you have been in a corporate HR role for a long time. <laughs> and as you have uh, have shared with me that you are not only negotiating, obviously, your own salary, but helping others being on that HR side of the table while people were negotiating salary. So you've kind of seen this from all angles for a significant amount of time. Absolutely. When I was the head of HR for Verizon, then senior roles at Lenovo Limited Brands, I was responsible, one, for hiring uh, at at all different levels and also for setting salary ranges. So I've been involved with hiring literally hundreds of thousands of people at different levels. And I've gotten, I have a real good sense of how companies think when making offers and how companies react when you try to negotiate. Yeah, I'm so excited for people to learn from you today because I think this is a challenging topic for folks. And as we'll talk about, part of the reason it's challenging is because everybody's situation is different and and the companies that they are talking to, their situations are different and we might not be able to know what they are. So how do we negotiate in a way um, that, as you've said, is really it's an iterative, collaborative process um, that people need to know how to navigate, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's dive in here and talk a little bit about what people should say when they're first asked about their compensation. Um, and I don't know how much detail you want to get into here, but this might be in a phone screen or perhaps even on a, an application form maybe less of that at the levels that you're talking about, but what should they do when they're asked about their compensation? Sure. So there there are two schools of thought, Marie. One is to give a range or a number higher than your minimum number, and I belong to the opposite school, which is to avoid giving the company a, a number. In those situations, you may be, if you gave them a number, you might be undervaluing yourself and end up making less than if you waited for the company offer, or you might price yourself out of the market. So I feel very strongly that it's best, if you can, to save compensation discussions after you've received the offer. And once you've received the offer, the company wants you now. They, they want to hire you. HR will be reluctant to go back to the hiring manager and say they lost you, 
over what's a small sum of money from a company's perspective. And then the question is, well, what do you do if you're asked early on? Again, generally you'd want to say, I want to learn more about the company and the position and the fit. And then if that all is right, then we'll get to salary. Um, okay, so that's one thing it, that they can say to people is that I, I'd be happy to discuss that when we decide it's a fit? Yes. And this way, again, by this point in time, if the company is making you an offer, they're more invested in you, and therefore you're likely to be able to either negotiate or get a higher offer. So one of the other tricks, if you will, that I've heard people share and that I myself share with clients at times is to ask what the range is or what the budgeted range for the position is. Is that a fair question to ask or would you not want people to ask that question? It's a very fair question to ask, but again, company has a range to start with. I would wait for them to make you the offer if possible. And then, you know, you'll know where the offer is and you'll have a sense of room to move there. Again, you're dancing a bit and going back and forth, but I would try to say to hold off, you know, salary expectations or discussions till after the offer. Now, if if you can't, uh, and you could say things like, I want to be paid at, you know, the top of the range, given my experience, and then you sell yourself in terms of all the things you can bring to the job. Uh, well, you don't necessarily you know, have to have a number. So you're saying I want to I want to be at the top of the range, but I don't necessarily have to say a number. I could just say I want to be at the exactly. top of the range because of X, Y, and Z. Exactly. Uh, oh. Another way to say is I want to be I want to be at or at the top of the market, given what I bring to the job. Even during this period of downturn, Marie, companies are looking to hire good people. And the war on talent that they've always talked about is still there now and is going to be there as we go through this recovery. Now, people are going to be coming at this in different ways. Some people will feel they're marketable. And in those situations, they can negotiate more or they have, you know, they, they like this job, but they can take it or leave it. Others will be unemployed and feel They've got to have this job in order to make ends meet. And they may be less likely to negotiate. And we want to be respectful of where the person is coming from. I I had a client recently who was out of school a couple years. And she had a few other possibilities. They offered her $60,000. And she went back at them a few times. And she ended up making $72,000. So it was a 20% more than the original offer. But again... She was willing to walk away. If, if, uh, if she was wanted that job more than others, she would have taken one shot and maybe gotten more, but not that much more. Right. You have to know your situation and the market that you're in a little bit and to be looking at what's going on in that market. Are they really struggling? Is that company laying off or doing you know, some kind of hiring Reduction. Obviously, they're not totally frozen, or you wouldn't be interviewing there. But having that knowledge of your your non-negotiables, as well as what's going on in the market, is probably important as you make that decision. To how hard are you going to negotiate? Absolutely. But again, 
whether you're going to negotiate very hard or soft, the goal is to have the company make the off, you know, come up with the number first that puts you in the best position. Right. Yes. So let's say that um, I'm wanting to have a, a range in mind just in case they ask, how do I figure out what that position might pay? Well, and, and I say very strongly here, I urge people to do their homework when it comes to what the position will pay. There, there's a lot of information out there that, that I assume many of the listeners may be aware of in terms of Glassdoor, Payscale, Indeed, Salary.com. I would look at that for starters. In addition, use your network. So if you're looking for a job, let's say, in, in a manufacturing company in Des Moines, Illinois, if you know and you want to be an engineer there, an engineer in a manufacturing company, maybe you know other people who work there who work in the industry and ask them, to their knowledge, what do these jobs pay? Or another way, depending on your relationship with the person, say you're applying for a job here, Based on your research, it looks like that job will pay somewhere between 68 and 75. Does that sound right? And that will yeah. give you a sense of the market. That's always a great a way to phrase it. Yeah. Thank you. Also, if you're using a recruiter, the recruiter will give you a sense of what the job pays. You know, the recruiter may say, what are you looking for? And go back to the recruiter. The recruiter knows from the company what the range they're willing to pay is. The recruiter wants to close the deal and they're working for the company. Recruiter says, what are you looking for? Answer is, do you want to be paid at or at the top of the market? Or you want to be paid at the top of the range? And it's certainly reasonable to ask the recruiter what the range is. Excellent. Yeah, so we can do that research, then check it, vet it against people that work in the company or used to work in the company. And as you said, a great way to ask that is to share the range with them and ask them if that sounds reasonable. That way we are not asking them to tell us information. We're sharing that information first and asking if that's correct or in their experience, which is a great way to phrase it. Um, Exactly. Also, if they don't know anyone in the company, maybe they know somebody in the industry. There may be two manufacturing or three manufacturing companies in that area who were similar size who hire engineers. So it doesn't only have to be limited to that company if you can't get the information. Excellent. So then how is the company deciding what to pay? Because this is a little backside secret that, that you can share with us. How is the company deciding what they will offer? Sure. So the company will look at three, two items and sometimes three items in determining how to structure the offer. Uh, we talked about ranges and the way the company decides a range is they'll do market surveys. Companies, particularly large companies, have people working for them who will survey what these jobs, you know, what their peer groups will pay, what other companies in the area pay. They take that data, they get a midpoint of this is the average of what all these companies pay, then they create a minimum and a maximum. And then they'll slot people in what they'll pay them based on their experience, on their schooling, on their value they think they can bring, and you wanna be at the top of the range. Companies will also sometimes look at what I'll call internal equity, which is what other people uh, 
are earning, you know, at, at the engineered position. And, and so you'll go in, they'll know the, what the range is. Now, the third factor they look at sometimes if they have this is what your pay is. And companies may say, and this is why I urge people to the degree they can not to discuss their pay or what they're looking for. In many states, you can't ask people what their pay is, so the companies get around it by asking what you're looking for. And let's say we have, you know, for an engineer, uh, you know, in, in Des Moines, and the range is somewhere between fifty and $75,000 a year. If you say you're looking for 55000 well, they say, well, maybe I'll give it, you know, you're making 55000 and they'll say, well, I'll give you a 10% increase. You're going to be at the low end of the range. Again, that's why it's not to your advantage for you to give that information. And I had that, you know, on a personal level years ago, I was an attorney at a small mid-Atlantic law firm making 32500 They asked me what I was making. I told them this is working for a large company. They gave me a 20% increase, and that got me to $39,000. I thought that was great, but then they hired another attorney who was junior to me and paid her $45,000. And when I found out, I asked my boss, how come? And he said, well, she was making more than you, so we had to pay her more to get her. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And there have been times when I've had clients that need to feel the need to share their range. And occasionally, it's it's the best way for them to go. And I can tell a little bit more about that here in a minute. But as you're saying, the best case scenario for most people, most of the time, is to wait until they get that offer to negotiate. And that's kind of our big point here as we take our break, that your number one best solution is to wait until someone offers an offer, presents an offer. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, 
please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with Ezra Singer about negotiating compensation. Such an important topic. As we know, if we don't do this and we don't at least make a try with some of the techniques that, that Ezra is talking about, then we may end up impacting our, our compensation for years to come. And we don't want a downturn in the economy to equate to a downturn in our wages. And, and so we've been talking about how you can avoid that. And so Ezra, we were just talking about all of the ways that we can deflect if you will, um, the conversation of compensation until after we get an offer, and and we're just going to kind of close up on that topic here. Sure, and, and Marie, following up on that, as as you said, the degree you can deflect. If you can't, make sure you've done your homework, and then give a range. And the bottom of the range should be either the lowest number you're willing to accept. Or you might even want to go a little bit higher than that. But again, uh, so as you give the range, it's only going to make sense if you've done your homework. Excellent. Okay, so now we've gotten the offer. The company has presented us with an offer, and we want to negotiate. The first thing that most people are afraid of, especially today, is that the company would pull that offer because I start to negotiate with them. What are the what are the odds of that? Tell us about how we can know if that might happen. Sure. So the short answer is that companies will almost never pull an offer once it's made if you handle it properly. And the reason the company is very unlikely to pull an offer is the company's already decided to hire you. They're invested in you. The HR manager who's handling this is going to be very reluctant to go back to the hiring manager and say, she asked for this much more. And they'll say, well, forget it. I just have never seen that happen in my career. I had one client who was offered a job at $62,000. She asked for $65,000 and had a good rationale. And I'll talk more about how to explain this. And they said no. And she took the job at 62, and after she started, the hiring manager came up to her and complimented her for trying and said she's going to be a strong team member. Um, Again, if you really want or need this job, understandably, you'll be less likely to negotiate. But as Marie said, this is really your one chance, because once you're in, if you, you, know, you may get a 3% increase each year, or 4%, depending on the market, but this will help your starting point and carry over throughout your career. Now, a couple key points, and the most important one is, throughout the negotiations, you want to be very enthusiastic. You want to be respectful, appreciative, and confident. So as they make the offer to you and you come back, you let them know that you really appreciate this offer and you were really excited about working for this company. You feel that your connection with the hiring manager is great and you will add tremendous value. Now, you never want to say take it or leave it with your counter offer unless you mean it. 
And so, again, I, I urge and encourage and teach my clients to be enthusiastic. And you want to use phrases like, I really appreciate the offer. And I think I can tr- bring tremendous value, but I was hoping for. Or given I'm really excited about working here, I feel that blank would be more appropriate. Is there any way we can get to that? Or another way is, again, I'm very excited, and if we can get to this number, I'm ready to sign now. So in none of those three examples, are you being arrogant? Are you being a jerk? We have to think of what the HR person will say to the hiring manager, or what the hiring manager might say to her boss. And in each one of these is, they already made you the offer they want you, and they'll say, she's enthusiastic, she's just hoping for this, can we do it? Yeah. Well, and I think. Go ahead. Well, so the phrase that I have often used is how can we work together to get closer to um, so that it seems like a collaborative process and it's not a yes or no, it's a can we get closer to this number? Um, As you're saying, that one, it's got to be done in a conversation. (laughs) The story that I have about someone having their job offer rescinded, um, it was not a conversation, which is part of the problem, right? When you're going like back and forth via email, et cetera, it just makes it really difficult to have this approach. And also you want to try to get to the person that actually has the power, which may be an HR person, um, but it also may be your boss. So how can people make sure that they're negotiating with the right person? Yeah, that's a fine line. Uh, I actually prefer to the degree possible to work with the HR person so it doesn't put up any barriers between you and the boss. You know, when I work with clients, there are two questions you know, before they are making a counter offer that I ask them is one, what odds do you give that they'll pull the offer? And, and they, every client has said they don't think that would happen. They worry a bit. Or two, the question is, do you think this will harm the relationship? And mm-hmm. if you're working through HR, who will then go to the boss, then it's less likely that it could cause any possible friction between you and the boss. Yeah, and even though you might be talking to HR, if you're clear that you're wanting to talk about the offer, it would be the person, the right person in HR, right? It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be talking to the hiring manager, but you don't want to be talking to the, you know, the person that's just collecting information. Absolutely. And the way it will work in corporations, and I've seen this so many times, and to your point, Marie, I couldn't agree more, is you have the, the right person you're talking to, he or she will say, I'll get back to you. They will then go to the hiring manager or their supervisor, and again, you want them, you want to think about what the message will be, and the message will be, she is very enthusiastic, she wants to come, she'll add real value, she's hoping we can get to X. And that will be the conversation between the right HR person and the hiring manager or the HR person's boss, and they'll say, you know, and X may be, you know, $3,000, $5,000, but they'll say, well, you know, she's that good. Let's see what we can do. And maybe they'll give part of it or all of it. But this way you don't have the, I prefer the person not to have the conversation directly with their boss. But there are two schools of thought. Others think it's best to discuss it with the boss. 
my experience is the intermediary helps. Well, and sometimes the HR person becomes your um, your champion because they want to get the position filled, right? And this actually just happened to a client of mine not too long ago where the boss was um, not budging on the salary range, even though the HR person kind of thought that they should. And so the HR person gave this candidate um, perks and benefits in the other ways. In, in this case, it was relocation package because that's HR money. And so they were able mm-hmm. to sweeten the pot with HR money, even though the hiring manager wasn't increasing the position budget. Marie, it's a great point. I've seen situations where HR recruiters, internal recruiters are measured by time to fill the position. And so they'll want to fill that position and they can become your advocate, absolutely. And it's all about your ability, as you're saying, to communicate, to build that relationship and to approach the conversation in a, a, in a collaborative, professional manner that doesn't open the door for a, a cutoff. Absolutely, collaborative, professional, enthusiastic. Excellent. This is the company you want to work for. Now, if we can hopefully just get to this, I'm ready to sign. Yes. And and say, hope we can get to this, not I demand or I must get to this. Yeah, it's interesting. So one of my colleagues was sharing how, um, you know, it might be talked about that you should always negotiate and that that isn't always true and as you were talking about at the very beginning of the conversation we have to know our own risk tolerance Um, and as this colleague was sharing so um, let me grab her name just so I don't say the wrong thing here but Donna um, avid careerist Donna was talking about how you want to also look at the company and what's going on at the company which we've talked about so I think that's important to note that you don't always want to negotiate although in my mind you do always ask questions that isn't necessarily negotiation but asking questions about what what's going on with the offer um, making sure that you understand and and yeah, anyways, um, that's important to think yeah. about what you're doing. Marie, think about it. If you really want this job and you've got to pay bills and they offer you a job at $65,000 a year, you, know, the, you have to say to yourself, well, am I going to hurt my chances if I say to them, and you look, you've done your research and you feel that's within the market, are you going to hurt your chance if you say, that is wonderful, I'm very excited, is there any way we can get it up to 68 or 70? If you think you're going to hurt your chances, then don't do it. But my experience is it doesn't hurt chances you know, the way people think it will. Again, but as you said, and I could not agree more, it's all dependent on how you say it too. Yes. And so as we're going into to talk about this offer and um, – um, well, we're going to go in, we're going to talk about the offer, or we're going to do it over the phone, which I think is um, mostly the time what happens, right? Most of the time, even before we're self isolating, um, people were negotiating <laughs> over the phone, 
Right. I don't recommend for people to do it via email. As I said, I had a client that had her um, position offer pulled when she negotiated via email. It turned out that she negotiated via email because she was intimidated by the hiring manager. Um, And I think there was some other female, male, power, age things going on there that made her feel uncomfortable negotiating and it was probably a good thing that they pulled the offer. Um, but in general, not a good idea to try to negotiate via email or or in writing because you want to be able to have this conversation, right? Totally agree. Also, emails, things can be misinterpreted. They may, you know, they're not going to hear the collaborative approach or, or the positivity in your voice. And the other thing is, I'll jump ahead, is there's more to negotiate than just salary. So if they if they say, you know, this is our maximum or that we're making you this offer at the top of the range or, you know, I'm telling you this is what it is, think about other things that you could possibly ask for. Uh, if there's a bonus program, uh, could you, you know, there's a target bonus, is there room to move you know, on that, is there um, a stock they can give? Sometimes you can get a small sign-on, a big sign-on, as the case may be, maybe tuition reimbursement. So think about what's important to you. Don't ask for the moon. And if you see, they say, look, we just can't move on salary. Think about, say, can you move on that? I've had a client recently who was able to negotiate an extra week's vacation, another one tuition reimbursement. So it's not all about salary. There are other things that you can possibly ask for also. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue to chat about salary negotiation and uh, how you can maximize your compensation even during the downtime. We'll be, down, we'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Well, welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking to Ezra Singer about salary negotiation. And Ezra, we were just um, kind of chatting during the commercial that this is a hard conversation, right? This is a challenging topic for the job seeker and the HR person. Yeah, and certainly, Marie, for the job seeker. It, it, it's, um, people can be very confident in many areas, at least in my experience. They can be very, very good at what they do. But when it comes to asking for more money for themselves, they just have a really hard time in that. And women, my experience has been, uh, in general, general have had even more of a difficult time. This is you know, the sociological reasons that many of us are aware of in terms of how women are raised. But studies show that men are far more likely to try to negotiate a higher salary than women are. And it's hard to do, and I, I, I urge people, if they're planning on doing that, to, to practice. If you've got a friend or a partner, and, and rehearse the conversation. It, what, I'll say this, she'll say that, or why don't we do it? And, and again, it's, this is business. They want to hire you. You're at this stage when you've had the offer, and if you say to yourself, think of your own value, you want to be confident throughout it, but I don't want to minimize at all how difficult this can be to do for, for many people. Right, and I, that practice is so important, and to practice saying the number. So if you are going to share a range or share, you know, I'd like to get closer to X after you've get, gotten an offer, you want to practice saying that number because it can sound, especially if you're not used to talking about it and, you know, kind of stereotypical Midwestern, um, not used to, to talking money. I, even when I started my business, this was a challenge, right, to say the quote to someone over the phone. Um, and I had to practice it because otherwise it comes out very timid and, oh, do I really want to ask for that much? And, and that can't be how you approach this conversation. You are so right. And I lived in the Midwest for a while, too. I, so I understand what you're saying. And to build on what you said, Marie, you want to say it with confidence. Sometimes I see people, when they're not sure of themselves, they'll finish a sentence with what I call a lilt. I'd like to get 68,000. And it becomes a question at the end, as opposed to, Given what I bring and the value I add, I was really hoping for 68000 Say it like you mean it, as opposed to maybe I'm not sure I deserve it. So this might be another good time for my little trick of calling yourself and leaving a voicemail so that you can listen to it, too. It's nice to practice with someone else, and of course you hear it coming out of your mouth. But if you can call yourself and leave a voicemail with just those statements, maybe you'll be able to hear if it sounds like a question or a convincing argument. That's a great trick. I love it. So tell us one of the, the stories of your most successful negotiators. What did, what did they do that really worked? How did they, how did they 
make this happen? Sure. So the most successful ones have been the ones who've been able to deflect conversations about salaries until the offer comes in. And they dance a bit, but um, in those situations, they, they kept saying, let's wait until we see if it's a right fit. And then why don't you t- come to me you know, with the offer? I'm hoping to get paid you know, at or the top of the market or at the top of the range. And an offer then came in and we talked about whether there was an opportunity to ask for more. And, and I'm going to talk again about what I've seen, some of the, the differences where how females approach this. And it's a generality and I apologize uh, you know, to anyone. But this, there was a woman who had gotten more money, but we thought there was still another opportunity. And, and I said to her, how do you think they'll react if you ask for X? And she said, I'm afraid they're going to think I'm needy. And I said to her, in my hiring career, we've never thought of a man as being needy. We thought of him as being aggressive, but just that's not a concept. And we talked about it, and the more she thought about it, she said, you know, also, maybe they'll appreciate this because the job they're hiring me for is going to be doing negotiations for the company. And so she asked for that, and she was able to add to her offer a very, very significant sign-on bonus that she wouldn't have asked for otherwise. I say that was one of the successes uh, in my website, I have some successes with some very senior level people. And, and again, it's building the relationship. It's being enthusiastic in situations where you have other possibilities. It's letting the, you know, the, the, the HR person you're talking to know that there's some other people I'm talking to, but you're the one that I want. And if we can just make this happen. And that makes you, again, You've got to be sensitive of where you are and what position you are, but that makes you that much more appealing. And I think of the conversation that goes back to the hiring manager with the HR person's boss. We love her. We made this or her this offer. She's got a couple other things out there, but if we can get to this, we have her. And again, they'll look at their internal equity, but if you're within the range, three, five thousand or whatever amount, you know, I, I've had situations that are you know, higher level, where there may not be that much to them, but it will make a real difference to you. Yeah, and it's knowing that, um, as you were talking about earlier, kind of your marketability, what are you going to make your conversation points? Um, I I tell this story frequently, but my husband and my brother-in-law used to work at the same company. And when my husband got hired on there, um, you know, he'd said, oh, I'm going to try to negotiate, right? This was a few years ago, and I had just kind of started my coaching practice. And um, (laughs) he said, oh, you know, I'm going to try to negotiate. Of course, he wouldn't take my advice as to how to do that, but he thought he was going to do it. So um, he asked for more vacation time. And they said no. And that was the extent of his negotiation. Mm -hmm. And then my brother-in-law got hired onto that same company maybe a year later. And he negotiated for vacation time by saying, I know that you offer an additional week when someone has five years of experience. I have five years of experience. It's just not with your company. And he got the extra week of vacation, right? Because he had a thought 
a thoughtful request, a some kind of logic behind his request, and it made sense, and he got the he got the he got the offer he got the extra week of vacation. I also think he was talking to the right person, which, as we just talked about earlier, was a little bit hard to mm-hmm. figure that out. Um, but he was talking to a little bit more senior HR person than my husband was. And again, he had his thought out request. So it's important to not just have the, this is what I want, but to understand that this is why I deserve to be at the top of the range um, is because that's where my experience and my qualifications aligns. Uh, I I have the rationale for what you're asking for. I've, I've had this many years of school. I've, You've done this. Uh, I had tremendous success here. I'm going to add tremendous value in these areas. And given that, this is what I was hoping for. And the you know the concept of uh, I've had five years, just not of it. You know, is a great story. It's a it's a rationale. So you, you know, he's done his homework. He understands how their policy works. And then he asked that. I've had other people. We've been able to get tuition reimbursement. And to your point, Marie, it's from a different budget line. You, you, they might be willing to do that. Um, uh, again, you know, they probably they won't change how their 401k plan works. That's you know very rare. If you're looking to move, you know there might be room in terms of a relocation package. And you know if it's from one location to another, they'll say you know, we'll give you $10,000 and you want to look at what the cost of, first of all, what the cost of living in the new city you're going to is it a higher cost in living. That's part of your rationale for looking for more money. And then you do research on what the typical moving package is and you might be able to get more money there. And then sometimes I've seen, you know, high, you know sign-on bonuses help break a logjam. They have what I call that internal equity. If everybody's making the same, they don't want to bring you in that much higher, but they really want you, they might say, we'll give you a signing bonus. And if you leave within a year voluntarily or two years, you have to pay us back. And so it protects both the company and it gives you that extra amount. Yeah. Well, Ezra, you have been such a wealth of knowledge. I'd love for you to share with people how they can find you and where they can connect with you so they can learn more. Sure. The best way to find me is on my website, which is Ezra, Ezra Singer, E-Z-R-A-S-I-N-G-E-R, EzraSinger.com. And that gives you background on what I've done. It gives some testimonials of people, you know, that I've worked with who've had successes. Um, Again, a couple thoughts, if we have time just to wrap up in terms of highlighting a few key points, just, you know, your takeaways, five points would be one, if possible, again, um, keep avoid discussing compensation until you have an offer. Two, know the market as you get the offer. And so that will enable you to, to negotiate be enthusiastic, confident, and appreciative as you're having these discussions. If they think you're a jerk, they're less likely to give you what you want and maybe even a possibility of pulling it, the offer. But if there's a likability factor and they feel like you know, you're, you're asking, you're a good person, that can help you. Um, again, it's generally okay to ask for more. Companies are not likely to pull the offer or think less of you. And then if the company won't move on salary, 
look at other forms of compensation that we talked about, relocation, bonus, extra vacation. And then the last audit, this is hard. So, you know, I've given you pointers. Marie's giving you pointers. Practice. You can do it. People do it. You you can be successful, but I don't want to minimize how hard this is. Yes, thank you for that. Thank you for your support and your advice. We are going to take a short break. We're going to say goodbye to Ezra, and we'll come back here in just a few minutes and kind of wrap this up for you. And uh, thank you again, Ezra. We'll be back right here again on The Career Confidant. Thank you, everyone. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we were talking with Ezra Singer about how you can negotiate salary. And the one staple that I hear from most career providers, as well as even former recruiters like Ezra, is to not um, share a range until they have an offer. And there's obviously limited limited ways that we can dodge this. And I've had a lot of recruiters who listen to some of my other colleagues who talk about dodging and they'll say, that's just too much. You know, you've got maybe one or two opportunities to dodge and then you're just going to have to share a range. It gets annoying <laughs> to dodge the question. So the, the ways that you might be able to dodge the question, as Ezra said, um, and actually he's one of the first I ever heard to say it this way in terms of I expect to be at the top of the range because of X, Y, or Z, then you're not sharing a number. You're just sharing that you expect to be towards the top of their range. You're assuming that they have a range because most of the time they do. And this is where you 
suppose you would be in that range. I think you could use that statement even if you don't think you would be at the top of the range. You might say, well, I expect I'd be towards the middle of your range because I've you know, got five years of experience and you're looking for, you know, five to 10, whatever it might be, I probably wouldn't uh, give you the go ahead to say that you're uh, expect to be at the low end of the range. But for some people, I guess that uh, maybe, but I, you know, where do you expect to be in their range could be one way of sharing that without having to share a number. Um, You can ask what the range is. I think that's a valid question for a phone screen if they ask you what their what your salary is or what your expectations are you could ask what their posted or what the budgeted range is for the position i understand some people don't like that cuz it's answering a question with a question as a statement gets out of that um, problem if you will and you could say that you know, I expect that we'll be able to come to an agreement on salary if I'm the right person for this position. Now, one of the other things to realize is that they might ask your past compensation history and you can share your expectations instead. And that can still be a budgeted range. So for instance, you're on a phone screen or you're writing a cover letter and it asks for you to share your salary history or the person on the phone screen asks, you can say, well, based on my research, I'd anticipate the range for this position to be X to Y. You can have a pretty wide range and you're sharing what you expect, not what your salary history was. But if that is the best option for you, then do it that way. Like Ezra was saying, if you're making $25,000 and you're going to work at a law firm that pays hundreds, it's not going to be beneficial for you to share your salary history. So share those expectations and, and that can get you to the same place. Now, if you do have to put your salary history in a application form, which more and more companies are doing away with, thankfully, but you still might have to put it in an application form. You can calculate your total compensation and put that in there. You can provide a range. Um, but it's a little less flexible, obviously, if you're doing it in an application. But even on a cover letter, if, they'd, if they've said to include your salary history in the letter, you can put your expectations in there if that's what it makes more sense for you to do. Might it disqualify you yes but if you're worried that your salary history would disqualify you just as quickly then it really doesn't add any additional risk now on this issue of should you always negotiate or not i think the challenge behind this is and and donna Spey, um has a a article about this that the data she's sharing is 19 percent of people have an offer pulled I, oh, so hard because did they have the offer pulled because they quote unquote negotiated or because they were rude, didn't know how to negotiate, tried to negotiate via email like my client did. It's a very, that's a very hard thing to unravel. You have to decide your own level of risk. And I think it is um, a good idea to look at the company, what is their current situation, what is the demand for the position, which is something that Donna shares. Um, You know, is this something that there's a lot of people that can do this job? 
If so, then negotiating may not be, you may not have as much leverage to negotiate. So you want to think about all of those things and decide how important it is for you to negotiate. And I really don't want you to use that data as an excuse not to negotiate. So there's a, you know, there's a fine line to walk there um, because we can easily say, oh, it's too risky and not do it when it would actually be the, the best thing for us to do. So weigh your pros and cons, know your, your risk, know that, you know, what is this job and then do it in a way that is collaborative, respectful, enthusiastic about the job as Ezra was saying and always on the phone where you can talk to that person and have a conversation with them. I encourage you not to use the word but, so I'm excited about this but, no, I'm excited about this and how can we work to get closer to X, Y, or Z? Because that and says, yes, I am excited. The but says, I'm not really excited unless you can give me X. It's a small word thing and it really does make a difference in how that conversation proceeds. So I'm so excited about this offer and the opportunity to work for your company. And I'm wondering if we could work together to get closer to X. And you can find wording that works for you. The the only parameters are that it's collaborative, you're doing it over the phone, and, and you're following a professional conversation with this individual to negotiate your salary. So yes, you can still negotiate even in a downturn. You don't want to hurt your long-term salary prospects by taking something that is much below what the market should be paying for that position. Do your research, know the ranges, know the company as much as you can, and negotiate in a collaborative professional way so that you can start off on a good foot in a new relationship with an employer. We are going to be talking with Alexandra Levitt next week to look at what work is going to look like in the future. Alexandra is a futurist and you won't want to miss that conversation. I'm so bummed that I don't get to see Alexandra in person. Next week was supposed to be our Career Thought Leaders Conference in Philadelphia, which of course is not happening. And so we're bringing Alexandra on to share her expertise and research with all of you. I hope you'll join us next week right here on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.